This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director, Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? It's going pretty well, Keith. How about yourself? I am doing just fine. Thank you. Great. I'm on location. Uh, you know, if, if the listeners mind or care. Are, are, are we allowed to say in what exotic locale you are in? <laughs> yeah, Some, very Somewhere on the eastern seaboard, perhaps? Yes, I'm currently in Maine, which I believe I've also probably mentioned, you know, annually on this podcast um, because I come here every year. So here I am again. I can see Katie now. She's she's on a dock. She's in a boat. <laughs> um there she has she has a she's in a canoe of some sort <laughs> well the um, listeners might legitimately hear the main rain falling mainly on the plane right now i was gonna say I'm like this is a song enough. the main rain is falling <laughs> um yeah. also and we'll also uh you know i will say now like you know perhaps if the audio doesn't sound great it's because you we're on why. location now we know why <laughs> um well with all that said as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how there are new number ones on both the Billboard 200 Albums chart and the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, and by two different artists. Who leads the tallies this week? Well, we'll tell you in just a moment. Plus, could Taylor Swift surpass a long-standing record held by Barbara Streisand next week on the Billboard 200 with her new Speak Now Taylor's version album? Quite possibly, <laughs> yes. More on that in just a few minutes. Also on the show... Speaking of Speak Now, Taylor's version, Taylor Swift released it last week, and we're going to talk about her crafty casting of ex-boyfriend Taylor Lautner in the I Can See You music video. Plus, Madonna shared her first message to fans since her hospitalization a week and a half ago, saying she's on the road to recovery. More on that in just a minute. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up, on the Billboard 200 chart, we've got a new number one album, and it's the first rap album to top the chart in 2023. As Lil Uzi Vert's Pink Tape debuts atop the list with 167,000 equivalent album units, earned in the U.S. in the week ending July 6th, according to Luminate. It bumps Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time down to number two, 
after 15 non-consecutive weeks at number one. Uh, Pink Tape, by the way, is Uzi's third number one. Notably, this is the longest the chart has had to wait for a rap album to hit number one in a calendar year since 1993. No way. You didn't I know no this already? I that long. Oh, well. I clearly didn't read your article yet. Well, it's, you know, when you when you uh, sign off for the weekend, you sign off. That's correct. Uh, and also, you put it up on Monday. <laughs> what uh, are you talking about? Who's that, too? <laughs> um, so that year, the first rap album to hit number one was Cypress Hill's Black Sunday when it debuted atop the August 7th, 1993 dated chart. Also of note... The last rap album to lead the Billboard 200 prior to Pink Tape was Metro Boomin's Heroes and Villains, which spent one week atop the chart dated December 17th, 2022. So that 29-week gap between Metro and Uzi is the longest the Billboard 200 has gone without a rap album at number one since, again, 1992 and 1993, when 34 weeks separated Ice Cube's The Predator, which had one week at number one on the December 5th, 1992 chart, and Cypress Hill's first of two weeks at number one with Black Sunday, of course, again, on August 7th, 1993. You know what I think is especially weird about this is the fact that there were not more, I guess, artists or bigger artists that came out in like January, February, March, because actually I feel like hip hop artists have had a lot of success during that time, like in the last few years. So yeah, this is very surprising, but you know, I have a feeling that it's probably going to set off a wave of, of hip hop albums back at the top spot. I mean, we'll see considering there's that rumblings of that Drake album and there's the Travis Travis Scott Scott utopia thing, whatever Mm -hmm. that is at the end of the month. I mean, Anything is quite, I mean, we have a Post Malone album coming, which I don't know if that's going to be a hip hop album, but I guess we'll find out once we hear it. Yeah. Anyway, um, next over on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, there's a brand new number one as well as Olivia Rodrigo's Vampire debuts at number one, marking her third chart topper on the list following Driver's License and Good For You which both hit number one in 2021, and both of them also debuted at number one as well. Vampire is the lead single from Rodrigo's upcoming sophomore album titled Guts, which is due out on September 8th. Now for some more numbers. Vampire drew, you know, like drew blood. It's a Gary pun. Gary wrote this. It's always good when you have to explain the pun. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Drew, it drew 35.5 million streams and 26.3 million in radio airplay audience impressions, uh, apparently aided by an FCC friendly radio edit of the song, yeah, which is explicit. There's some there's some words in the chorus that uh, cannot go on radio. Nope. Uh, it also sold 26,000 copies. And of that 26,000, 17,000 of them were on uh, seven-inch vinyl, a C and a CD, and nine thousand were digital downloads. So if you went to her web store and bought that seven-inch single or that CD single in the past few weeks, that counted towards the number one this week. Um, and of course, again, that's all in the weekend, in July sixth, according to Luminate. 
also in the top 10 on the Hot 100, Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer from her 2019 Lover album, which is now being promoted as an official single, jumps 13 to 7 to become her 41st top 10, which extends her record as the woman with the most top 10s on the Hot 100 ever. Plus, Gunna's Fuck You Mean? Is that how we say it? Fuck you mean. Fuck you mean. <laughs> Rises 12 to 8, marking his fourth top 10. I feel like I have to, I know we're going to talk more about Taylor, but I just have to like scoot back to Cruel Summer being a top 10 hit on the Hot 100. Just absolutely wild, especially considering everything else that she has going on right now. The fact that this song just popped back up and they're like, yeah, let's ride this wave and see what happens. Like, I honestly feel like there's going to be a music video coming out for this song next and they're gonna make a play for number one with this old ass song and it's wild the things that taylor can just you know make happen just wanting to say that it's the magic of taylor swift and you know we also were in the wacky 2023 world where hey that song is 10 years old 20 years old 50 years old eh, let's make it a hit it's true. And as Gary pointed out, um, you know, the Eras tour is the first tour that she's done since Lover. And so it's not that crazy to think because she's kind of sort of on the Lover's promotional tour still because of the pandemic. Right. And she would have gone and done these Lover Fest shows in 2020 that obviously got canceled. And so now it's like she's promoting the song that also didn't have proper time to potentially get promoted. Like it could have been a 2020 planned single for all we know. And so it's now having its moment a little late. And I kind of love it. I do wonder if it was meant to be a single at the time and like maybe they just sort of scuttled it. It could have been. I, yeah, it's possible that Lover would have had a longer life. I think a lot of people were surprised in the beginning when it wasn't an earlier single to maybe, um, you know, uh, The Man, for instance, was one that uh, had right. an incredible music video, but maybe didn't have the, you know, instant kind of hit sound that Cruel Summer kind of did when everybody listened to Lover for the first time. Right. You know? I mean, I, I you know, when we saw... When Katie and I saw the Eras tour in Vegas, Cruel Summer goes over like, you know, like like a party. Like it is like it feels like everyone is like, this is the biggest hit ever. And I'm like, it wasn't even a single. And I'm like, it's euphoric. I literally yeah. heard it. And before all of this buzz started, like, you know, coming around about it, could it be the song of the summer in 2023? And before it was released as a radio single on the way to the Eras tour in Vegas in March, I heard Cruel Summer playing in LAX, like on my way there. And again, I'm like, this song is so good. Why didn't it have its moment? Well, fast forward to July. It is officially in its moment. It's having the moment right now. It's having the moment literally right now. The moment is here. <laughs> OK. Uh, also, I, my poor computer is overheating, so I'm turning off every possible program I have. <laughs> so the sound of the fan doesn't bleed into my microphone. Um, lastly, Taylor Swift. Hey. Talking about her again, uh, released her third re-recorded album, Speak Now, Taylor's version, uh, last Friday, which is, of course, a re-recorded version of her 2010 number one Billboard 200 album, Speak Now. And, well, if her track record is any indication, it's a pretty sure shot for number one on the Billboard 200 next week. After all, all 11 of her full-length studio albums, and re-recorded projects she has released since 2008 
have debuted at number one. So, if Speak Now, Taylor's version, debuts at number one, it will garner Swift her 12th number one on the Billboard 200, pushing her past Barbara Streisand for the most number one albums among women in the history of the chart. And among all acts, Swift would then be tied for the third most number one albums with Drake, behind only Jay-Z's 14 number ones and The Beatles' 19 number one albums. But I have a feeling that we'll be talking about this again next week on this same bat time, same pop shop channel. <laughs> well, and seeing those other numbers, too, it makes you think like she's on her third re-recording and she has three more to go. And not to mention, she's also putting out new music all the time at a rapid rate. So uh feels like all of those numbers are very beatable for Taylor. They're Beatles. In the, future. They're beatable, the Beatles are beatable. <laughs> Beatlesable. Mm, that, that just no, I don't know. But that, sure. one, that one didn't work. No. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, so speaking of speak now, uh, the album came out with 16 songs from the original and deluxe version of the project, plus seven from the vault tracks that include collaborations with uh, Haley Williams and Fallout Boy. Now, one of those from the vault tracks is I Can See You, which was written by Swift and co-produced with Jack Antonoff. Let's take a quick listen to this one. So I'm bringing up this song because this is clearly Taylor's focus on Speak Now, Taylor's version. A music video came out for it late Friday, early Saturday, depending on where you were in the world, um, after she debuted it on stage in Kansas City at the Eras Tour, along with the video's stars. So, Keith, can we talk about the casting in this video? Uh, yes. You, you watched this video, right? I assigned you to watch it. Yes. <laughs> of course I watched the video. <laughs> okay. So let's start with uh, the brunette woman in the video, Joey King, who is also her co-star in the music video for Mean from Speak Now back in 2011. That's when that music video came out. Uh, Presley Cash, the blonde woman in the video who drives the getaway car, she is also a co-star in Taylor's original Mean video. And these women were not women when they were in Mean. Joey was 12 at the time, and Presley was 14 at the time. And then the final star of this video is Taylor Lautner, who is Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriend, who inspired the hit song Back to December from Speak Now. And he is also starring in this video. When I saw this, I mean, I was like, this is... This is this whole thing. It's diabolical. Like the amount of like strings you can pull from this video. I mean, this is how Taylor works, right? She likes to release Easter eggs and a lot of things. These aren't Easter eggs. These are like hit you over the head eggs. And it's just crazy. Like the whole thing is crazy to me. Taylor directed and wrote this video. And in the video, she's literally in a vault for the From the Vault track. She's waiting to be saved, and she's clearly representing the music that no longer belongs to her, and now she's reclaiming as her own. And then the people in her orbit from that time are coming to rescue her and make Speak Now hers again. And it's lovely, and it's a moment, and she brought all three of them out on stage with her on tour. And I think everyone... Shockingly, the secret was actually kept that Taylor Lautner was starring in this video. It was shocking. 
I mean, I was shocked. Imagine the the, the level of non-disclosure agreements that people have to sign to work with, <laughs> with Taylor or Taylor at this point. <laughs> um, what's funny about all of this is that um, a lot of the discourse um, when the album was released on Thursday night and like revisiting or first thing Friday, uh, revisiting back to December was that it's kind of one of the only like remorseful like apologetic love song she has about an ex where she's literally like, I'm standing in front of you. I'm saying sorry for like how everything ended. You know, you gave me roses and I left them there to die. Like it's all very much like I, I messed up. You were wonderful and I should have seen what I had in front of me and I didn't. And so I think that's why Taylor's like, yeah, I'll be involved in this. Like, she probably only, like, upped his, like, credibility by writing that song about him. That's not what a lot of exes who have Taylor songs written about them might say after the fact. Yeah, isn't there a song on this album called Dear John that was ostensibly inspired by her relationship with John Mayer? So, yes, there is, Keith. And when I was listening to Speak Down Taylor's version... I don't see John Mayer starring in this video. We see Taylor Lautner instead. Well, not only that, but when I was listening to Speak Now Taylor's version, one of the, the features of Dear John is that there's a very very clear John Mayer-esque guitar part in it. And while I was listening to it, I was thinking it would have been real cool if he actually played guitar in this song. But this song is straight up over the top, not nice about him. I mean, it's really makes him out to be sort of a monster. So why would he play guitar on that song? He's not going to. And he didn't. Um, Whereas Taylor Lautner probably only has pretty warm, fuzzy feelings about his experience with Taylor in the end, it didn't work out. He married some other woman named Taylor and her name's Taylor Lautner now. So everything's great. There's three Taylors. It's all good. <laughs> did they also pose for a photo? The two of them, Taylor Lautner, his wife and Taylor Swift, where they're all pointing at one another. Uh, yeah, the Spider-Man, the Spider-Man meme. meme. They sure did, Keith. Yeah. All of that happened. <laughs> um, you know, uh, what, 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 Watching the video, you know, you talk about how she was trapped in the vault and she was broken out by these people from her Speak Now past. And Mm -hmm. at the end of it, she runs past sort of a uh, museum of all of her dresses of Mm -hmm. of that era, era, Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, but it is interesting that she was broken out as opposed to her breaking herself out. Like, it's interesting, like she she's taking ownership and control of the narrative um, in real life, but in the video, she's trapped inside this vault until someone else gets her out of it. So I'm glad you brought this up, Keith, because I'm not trying to be I problematic. Think, no, I actually think what she uh, this is and this is my, my total assumption. She hasn't said this in anything, but I think what the video is trying to portray is that she can't do all these re-recordings by herself. She has to literally dig up collaborators that she may not have worked with Taylor for 10, she has to 13, dig 15 years. I'm talking about, you know, people, studio musicians and, um, you know, like songwriters that she maybe hasn't worked with in, you know, a decade plus. There were backup singers that sang on the original Speak Now that she hasn't worked with or toured with in years who are on Speak Now Taylor's version. They, I mean, she's literally bringing all these people from her past like and saying, 
I need you again to do this thing, to make this statement that will help all musicians and all creators and all artists, but I need your help to do this. So I think that's kind of, I think that Joey and Taylor and Presley are representing the kind of village it takes to create these Taylor's version albums. Also, uh, Katie was not prepared for that question. That was just me vamping. (laughs) But that's a really, that's a really good way of looking at it. I hadn't really thought of it that way. And I think that makes sense. I mean, that that's my own version of events. So who knows if that's Taylor's it's version it's as Katie's well. Version. It's, it's Katie's yeah, version. It's parenthetical yeah. Katie's version. Um, I also wanted to bring up that uh, Jason, original Pop Shop co-host and uh, uh, our colleague, he uh, ranked all of the From the Vault songs and he ranked... I can see you as the number one. And this is before we knew there was going to be a music video before we knew it was like the focus track or whatever they're calling it. I don't know if it's a single or focus track is, is a better word, but, um, and when I listened to the album for the first time without having read Jason's article yet, and also not knowing whether it was going to be some sort of single or video, it was also my clear favorite song. So like Jason said, it was number one. I say it's my number one. I was mostly like, um, the song itself is great. And obviously like it's, you know, circa the 2010, you know, speak now sessions. Um, but the production, which is Jack Antonoff, which is the new Taylor. Uh, I wonder how similar the production is to anything that was in anybody's mind in 2010, because it is so fresh and it's just very cool. And it's definitely what caught my attention first before also loving all the lyrics and, and the melodies. Um, so I would love, man, I would love for Jack to talk more about this at all about like where it came from, uh, where the production came from, or if truly in 2010, the like unfinished version of the song sounded like this, you know? So, but we, we might never know. We may never know. Yeah. But I do know I like that song best, so I'm really excited that's the one that Taylor clearly likes best, too, and decided to put her weight behind. So maybe, I don't know. Keith talked a little bit about the Speak Now album chances on the Billboard 200, but wonder what could happen with I Can See You uh, on the Hot 100 next week. I mean, I don't know. I look forward to multiple iterations and remixes and alternative versions of the song on iTunes to help sort of, you know, goose sales. I have to say one last little Taylor Easter egg, too, is in the video. uh, It has a date, um, July 9th. And I was like, oh, that's so cool that she put the video out right on July 9th and then realized, actually, it was July 8th. I know. But like July 9th is a special date uh, for Taylor. It's a it's mentioned, I believe. Now I'm going to mess it up. I think it's in the song Last Kiss, which is ostensibly about Joe Jonas. Great song, by the way. Um, Keith loves this. We already had this topic of conversation last week about people writing clear, clearly inspired by other famous people. Um, but, uh, uh, that July 9th date is one that like Swifties have really paid attention to. So that's clearly why she made the out or the video, um, dated then, but it's like, she put it out Friday because that was the first date of her Kansas city tour. That's when everyone came out on stage and, that's when she put it out. I'm like, she couldn't wait one more tracking day like to put this video out. I mean, like, she already, she waited, she already waited one day. She waited 24 hours yeah. and that was enough. <laughs> so can't lose those, can't lose those precious yet? streams. Yeah, exactly what I was thinking. Ah, all right. Moving on. 
Uh, Madonna issued her first official statement on Monday morning following her hospitalization last month with what was described as a serious bacterial infection. So in an Instagram post on Monday, Madonna thanked her fans for all their positive energy, prayers and words of healing as she navigates her health issues while assuring her followers that she is on the mend. Uh, She wrote, quote, I have felt your love. I'm on the road to recovery and incredibly grateful for all the blessings in my life. She went on to say that her first thought when she woke up in the hospital was her children, and her second thought was not disappointing fans who bought a ticket to see her tour. So she also revealed that her plan is to reschedule the North American leg of the tour and begin in Europe in October instead. So, Keith, my first question, just because you represent all Madonna fans and you all have the exact same mind, so I'm going to ask you a question. Um <laughs> Uh, what, what, how important was it to like hear something directly from like Madonna's social accounts as to all the, like, you know, we heard from Guy Siri, we heard from like close friends, like how important was it to get the words, you know, from Madonna's accounts this time? Uh, very important. Cause it felt like, it felt like the only official word that we had was from her manager, Guy Siri, And that was, you know, a, a week ago. Yeah. Or it seems like it was longer ago. And then it was just radio silence. And all we were getting were, you know, through, you know, Rosie O'Donnell or Debbie Mazar or like other other friends of Madonna saying she's doing great. She's on the men. I'm like, well, that's not Madonna. And also, I also had just sort of a business concern like in the sense of like, look, her tour was supposed to start on July 15th, this coming Saturday, and nothing official had been announced, not by the venue, not by Live Nation, not by anyone. And like you, I just thought, I just thought, okay, someone, someone's going to put out some sort of statement saying, okay, officially this leg of the tour has been postponed. Please keep your tickets. You know, you will not be refunded, you know, whatever it is. Right. But that didn't come through. And I'm like, that seems, that seems lacking. But I also understand, you know, you have to figure out behind the scenes how to reschedule dozens of dates. You know, are you going to postpone, reschedule, cancel? What are you doing? That takes a lot. And it probably all just had to immediately start happening and you only had a few days to do it. So there was a balance of uh, striking, uh, making sure that fans are, you know, uh, satiated with information, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that ticket holders are uh, in the know so that they're not in the dark and Mm -hmm. also to respect Madonna's privacy in, in a really difficult time. So, you know, I, I wish the news had come a little bit sooner. I didn't necessarily have to hear from Madonna. I thought it would have been appropriate if we had heard more about the postponement of the date sooner, but maybe they literally just didn't have them ready to announce until Mm -hmm. today, Monday, when we were recording this. Well, and I realized I just misspoke when I said, when did I say, did I say at the beginning of the uh, show that it was a week and a half because it must have been two and a half weeks ago now because we it was, it was like june like 26th yeah. or something i want to say something oh, okay like it's, it's like a week and a half week. it's like a couple weeks is that a week and a half okay that makes me feel it's better. been a minute <laughs> she also posted a new photo along with the statement um we assume know, it's I, new well yeah i guess i'm making assumptions but she looked like herself and i think that it was nice to see a picture of her because uh you know there were a lot of scary reports out there that we weren't really hearing anything about so um yeah nice to yeah there was also a photo of her 
were, that were to believe was her walking around New York this weekend. That's um, right. In a pair of uh, looking real relaxed and a sort of a loose pair of shorts and a loose shirt and a floppy hat and a pair of sunglasses where she looked fine. Um, mm. I mean, she was leaning on a pole in both of the photos. I don't know how verifiable the images are. I have not had them independently verified by <laughs> anyone from Madonna's camp. Right. Um, but um, I want to believe that they are real. Mm -hmm. um, and no one from Madonna's team has said, oh, no, that's Photoshop. So I'm going to just go ahead and believe that they're probably real. Yeah. Um, but it's good that she's actually up and walking. Mm -hmm. um, and, we, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, how long it takes her to recuperate and get back on the road again. And uh, ultimately, the most important thing here is uh, getting our queen of pop back to uh, uh, fighting fighting spirit shape. I agree. All right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Katie, next week on July 17th, it will mark the uh, anniversary of one of Barbara Streisand's number one albums on the Billboard 200, as it will be 30 years since her Back to Broadway album debuted at number one. The set opened atop the tally dated July 17th, 1993, and marked her first number one since, coincidentally, the Broadway album in January <laughs> of 1986. Back to Broadway was a sequel to the Broadway album. These are albums full of covers of songs popularized by Broadway shows. As we mentioned earlier, Streisand has 11 number one albums, stretching from her first, 1964's People, on through her most recent number one, 2016's Encore, Movie Partners Sing Broadway. There's that word again, Broadway. Uh, that album, by the way, was the one that had uh, folks like uh, Melissa McCarthy and um, Jamie Foxx singing with mm -hmm. Barbara doing songs from Broadway shows. So, Katie, on Streisand's Back to Broadway album, Barbara has a duet with a friend of the podcast. Can you guess mm. who this friend of the podcast might be? And together, they perform a medley of I Have a Love and One Hand, One Heart from West Side Story. So, Katie, who is the friend of the podcast that duets with Barbara on her number one album, Back to Broadway? So that makes me feel like it's a male partner. It is. Is that accurate? OK, we're going to start with that. Oh, I've got a good guess. I think I'm going to guess Sting. No, but that's a good guess. Oh, thank you. I thought it was. Um, OK, moving along. 19. We're talking about 1993, Three, right? Yeah. <sighs> Let's see. What else? Who other? Ugh. Other men about the podcast that would have been around in 1993. Mm-hmm. 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 Should I give I you really a hint? I really felt good about staying. Yes, I would like a hint, please. Um, this artist has had a recording history. Oh, I just thought of another. What? <laughs> I just thought of another guess. Okay, what's the other guess? Babyface. No. Oh, okay. Continue. <laughs> this artist has had a recording history as long as, if not probably a little bit longer than Barbara Streisand. Should have waited for that hint. Um, 
Like I'm, I'm fairly certain that this artist was recording in the late 1950s before Streisand. Wow. Really yeah. Okay. Oh, I have a good one from one of our Christmas episodes. Um, Johnny Mathis. That is right. It is Johnny yes. Mathis. Woo-hoo. Chances are you got it right, Katie. <laughs> uh, yeah, Johnny Mathis and Barbara Streisand um, have been on Columbia Records uh, for, I believe, the entirety of their uh, professional uh, lives. That's saying a lot. Yeah, I, I believe um, Barbara has been with uh, Columbia Records for six decades now, like 60 years or something, since wow. like 62 or 63. I think I think she had her 60th anniversary last year or the year before, and Johnny has been with Columbia. I, I want to say he has rec- every album he's released has been on Columbia, except for maybe a couple. Um, they're both like Bob Dylan, where Bob Dylan has been on Columbia since the early 60s as well. It's kind of ridiculous how they've yeah. these three icons have been on Columbia Records for that long. But anyway, there mm-hmm. you have it. Uh, your chart stat of the week. Uh, 30 years ago, Barbara Streisand hit number one on the Billboard 200 with Back to Broadway, which just so happened to feature a friend of the podcast in Mr. Johnny Mathis. We've reached the end of our big show. Katie Atkinson, do you have any parting words? Oh, man. Uh, I sure don't. <laughs> have, have Sting and Barbara duetted before? Uh, I mean... Should I Google it? <laughs> sure. Go ahead. Let's find out. I'm curious now. That Just sounds plausible. It, it feels like something that would have happened. I don't think he was on the uh, Partners album, which was her album of all duets with male artists. There are lovely photos of them together, you know, like no, like no songs are coming up, but there is a really beautiful photo of them together. We can link it from our article. (laughs) Does it does it does it look like it was taken like backstage somewhere? Yeah, it looks like at an event. There's a couple really nice photos. They're clearly friends. Yeah. When I when I search on um, Apple Music, I get nothing with Barbara and Sting. Yep. Same. I'm not so, seeing anything. So, but you know, I mean, that should happen. Why, what? What are you waiting for, guys? <laughs> uh, someone to give them some money? I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So, what song should we go out on, Katie? Well, I mean, I love Barbara. Should we? I feel like I love that you brought up Barbara in the context of Taylor potentially surpassing her record, and also with the chart set of the week. I feel like we should end with Barbara. Great. Now, just pick one of Barbara's. Hundreds and hundreds of songs. <laughs> Just go through six decades of music. Um, I I mean, I'm going to go classic and do The Way We Were. Great. The Way We Were. See you guys next week. Bye. Misty water Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.